Welcome to the Not Tonight podcast, where we have bold conversations about sex in marriage. I'm Rachel. And I'm Caitlin. And we are two married women who believe that when we take the shame and secrecy out of sex, we open up the path to freedom. In each episode, we will elevate stories of women discovering their most authentic self by doing the work in their own sex lives. Join us as we hear from incredible women just like you who are discovering that the path to healing begins in the bedroom. Welcome back to the Not Tonight podcast. Hello. (laughs) We are here for a special episode today for just Caitlin and I to just kind of be in the middle of these conversations. Mm. Um, These other conversations we recorded a few months ago, and now that they're being released, we just wanted to kind of take a moment to pause and share a little of what we've learned, what we're in the middle of, where we're going all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like a few weeks ago, I messaged Rachel and I was like, we need a mid-season episode because so many good things are coming up already that they just need to be discussed. Yes. A hundred percent. So um, thank you for taking this pause with us. We hope this mm-hmm. is a time that's nourishing and wonderful for you. And um, yeah, we just love to be real and keep these conversations going because that's what mm-hmm. it's all about around here. Just mm-hmm. Conversation. Conversation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, okay, let's start by taking a moment to kind of chat about how things are going behind the scenes here on the podcast, mm. our project. Really well, I would say. I <laughs> I feel like impressed with um kind of just the, the traction that things have gotten, the feedback we've gotten so far. Um mm-hmm. So many interesting things to learn, um, but Much. yeah, the the process. I mean, Rachel, you do a lot of the actual technical behind the scenes. So, how is that all going for you? <laughs> yeah, thank you for asking. It's been a learning curve um, for sure, but. I am feeling more confident every time I post a podcast, every time I put something up on social media, I'm feeling better and better about what I'm doing and clearer about what is coming out of this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's becoming more and more focused all the time for me, I think, which is great because like we shared before, you know, all we knew is that this is something we needed to do and mm-hmm. we had a, a foggy vision. But it's been really cool now the podcast is out, how much clearer that vision is. Mm-hmm. So. And I remember you voxering me um, not too long ago, and you said something, and it was like, this project is, it was so foggy, but literally every single episode, or every single episode we recorded, um, and then when they come out, like it's like taking one more step into the fog, and then that part becomes clear. It's like little step by step by step, and that's how it goes in all things in life, right? When we have these dreams and these ideas and all of that, like it is foggy, and people let that fog prevent them from taking steps forward. Mm-hmm. But that's not the process. It is taking those steps despite the fact that you can't necessarily see all of it because it's it's in the doing where you learn so much. And that pro- this project has just been such an incredible example of that. Mm. It's not about having it all clear from the start. Because if you wait for those clouds to clear, you'll be waiting forever. forever. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how to edit a podcast until I recorded one. And then 
opened up GarageBand and edited it. Like it was, it was not something that I knew all the things beforehand. And it's a little scary, but it creates some of the coolest growth. And Mm -hmm. it also helps me not be so focused on being so sure of myself in every step that Mm -hmm. I take. Like for me, something that's so important is to have this room for curiosity, room for experimentation, room for imperfection. Mm. And that's hard for me. And so (laughs) like embracing the imperfection has been helpful and difficult for me in Mm. this. Um, So that's definitely part of my process in being a producer of this project. So Mm. the curiosity piece is so important, I think. And we've both approached this project. Like we've always said, this is, this is a, a podcast that we hope to share, but it's also a research project for us. We yes. are here to listen mm-hmm. and not make judgments, but just to hear, you know, yes. authentic listening as deeply as we can to the women that are brave enough to share their stories on this podcast. And it's just been such a beautiful experience so far when you just truly yes. listen. Um gosh, the growth is phenomenal. <laughs> and it's only been a few short months. <laughs> yeah. It it, it, it's incredible. Uh, just the other day on Facebook, it reminded me that you and I had just been Facebook friends for two years. That's and I was wild. Like, what <laughs> the heck? Like, how have we done this kind of friendship mm-hmm. in only two years' time? It's yeah. just phenomenal to me. I feel like I've known you forever. I know. <laughs> I can't imagine. Like yeah. when you have a friendship that's so authentic and vulnerable and you're not afraid to talk about the hard things and mm. have differences and move through them, just the mm. growth is insane. Oh my gosh. I do want to take one second to, we have so much to cover today. I know we, do, we, we, do. <laughs> we do, but I do want to take a second here to just talk about how special that part of our relationship in this process has been because of course, um, coming from two different, you know, faith backgrounds, again, we talked in the introduction episode that Rachel identifies as a Christian and I do not. And although the great majority of our beliefs surrounding women's sexuality um, is aligned, there are some Mm -hmm. specific differences that we have. And that has required us to have really difficult conversations and really listen deeply and authentically from a place of non-judgment, you know, and just, and, and to be okay with the fact that, um, you know, we can each stand firmly in our beliefs and also hold space for each other as well as our guests. Um, even if they don't agree with every single thing that we personally believe. And that's been like, gosh, such an incredible, incredible growth opportunity. Yes, it has. Yes. And we should take a minute to share a little more about that because I feel like we have, we have figured out a way between the two of us to have that kind of relationship, mm-hmm. but we are now offering a window into that to other, for others to hear. Mm-hmm. And that has been, I think, a process for some people. And that's been interesting. Um, Mm. I, I think it's been like, I love it. I think it's incredible that others get to witness our friendship and our abilities to have conversations coming from different places. Like, what does it mean to listen and have a friendship and not judge, but still have your own opinions that are different? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not a traditional 
type of friendship in a lot of ways, a traditional mm-hmm. open conversation. Like some, sometimes I think we could enter into a conversation knowing there's differences and be like, okay, and then leave it and be mm-hmm. like, that's as much as I can do. Mm. But us, like we are continuing. We're not just having one mm-hmm. conversation. <laughs> we are continuing our friendship. We are growing deeper in our friendship, even mm-hmm. though those differences aren't going away. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. a little shocking. That is a little shocking. Even hearing you say it is a little shocking and and great. <laughs> it's so like, mm, so much permission to just be truly who you are. And that's what I've always had with you, Rachel. I've, I've always had deep permission to be who I am. And mm. it's such a gift. And, and so I, I wanted to share um, that Rachel and I have discussed the majority of the people in Rachel's life, um, in her circle, are Christian. And the majority of people in my life are not. And so it creates this really, we're getting like different feedback um, from it. And um, the first episode, you know, was um, a late uh, story of Yelena, who is a Christian as well. And a couple people were coming to me saying like, is this? a Christian podcast, but and we know you're on it. And it, it felt very uncomfortable and very mm-hmm. confusing to people, even so much so that I had someone to say to me, wait, I heard your partner on the podcast was a Christian. How does that work? Like as if a Christian <laughs> non-Christian couldn't possibly be having these deep types of conversations because obviously we fundamentally disagree with everything, right? Right. And, we, <laughs> right. and we found that's actually very untrue. We actually fundamentally believe very similar things. And there, and again, yes, not everything. There are things that we come down on different opinions on. And it's yeah. okay. And it's actually beautiful yeah. because we've each grown so much in, in that and learning and just being open and curious. It's still that curiosity piece. Yes, I feel like there's a little bit of fear around engaging so intimately with someone of a different opinion in the sense that there's a worry that then I'm going to, like I as the person approaching that conversation, am going to all of a sudden question and tear apart all my beliefs because I'm engaging so closely with someone who's different. Mm, And yet... I think that when we do these things, when we have these conversations of people with different beliefs, it, it deepens whatever it is that's actually in our heart. Hmm. It doesn't tear it apart. It actually strengthens it. So I think the fear is that it's going to fall apart, but in reality, it does the opposite. Hmm. And so if anything, this would be an encouragement to anyone listening to not be afraid of those conversations, Mm -hmm. but see them as great opportunities for growth and for empathy and understanding. And like, that is the healing that we can see in our world is, is reaching across the table and having that Mm. conversation that's uncomfortable. And like, I'm going to segue this real quick into marriage because I feel like when we get married or when we are in a long-term relationship when we're committed to another human I think there's an illusion that, oh, this is that person that like everything is going to be great. We're just going to be unified. We're always going to be on the same team. We're always going to have the same thoughts and opinions. And yeah, they're a different person than me, but like we're just going to keep growing closer and closer and always and just meld into one person. It's that I think in Christian circles, it's that to become one sort of Mm -hmm. language um, Mm -hmm. that 
I hear a lot um, and have heard growing up. Um, And yet, I think that there's such a celebration in the individuality that we bring in marriage and the differences. And and when we do reach across that table to our partner and say, hey, I I don't agree with you in this place, Mm -hmm. but I still love you and I am on the same team as you, even though we have different thoughts and opinions. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have to crumble our teamwork and our unity. And so while you and I are far from married, Caitlin, we do get to experience (laughs) some of that like like teamwork and Mm -hmm. that unification of as any relationship grows closer over time, there there is an empathy and understanding even in the midst of differences. So, Mm -hmm. okay. So um, I think something we did want to touch on was the concept of sex being connection, because that was something we mm. talked about in our intro episode that could possibly use a little more explaining. Mm-hmm. So would you like to share a little bit, Caitlin, about your thoughts in that area? Yeah, I'm finding very interesting that a lot of the non-Christian listeners have come to me and they're finding some of this stuff a little triggering. Um surrounding Christianity. And a lot of people, yes, I think it's pretty commonly known that a lot of people do have trauma around religion and that those are, um, yeah, very valid. So people just hear Christian and sexuality, and that has caused a lot of instant feelings inside people's bodies. Not and, And also a lot of assumptions about what we're, the message that we're trying to, um, put across here mm-hmm. uh, on this. And and for clarity, we, we are not really trying to push an agenda. We are, this podcast right. is about listening to women's stories. Yes. However, there are some truths that we, you know, just really believe in as well. And that mm-hmm. sex is for the purpose of connection is one of them. And Rachel mm-hmm. said something in the first, in the intro episode yeah. So something I said was that sex without connection is like an icky form of masturbation. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of thought around that comment. And yeah. I'd love to you to share more of that. More about yeah. That. <laughs> so I think people heard the words icky and masturbation and instantly went into that like childhood, you know, like assumed you were saying that sex outside of marriage is like icky masturbation or even outside of a long-term relationship is that, and that's not actually what you were saying, but I think, again, there, there's a lot of assumptions made. Oh, she's a Christian. So she definitely thinks this certain way, or I'm not a Christian. So I definitely think a certain way. And I'm just finding so many of these assumptions to really be false. Once I started really deeply listening and for that, I think the comment was um, intended as like something that I know happens often in sex is married people have sex where one of the person doesn't want to be, where only one person is desiring to be engaged in the act of sex. And that I 100% agree. Sex in general, where only one person wants to be participating, does feel like an icky masturbation, like form of masturbation. It's just not good. Like two people should be, the, the point is that two people are coming together for enjoyment and pleasure and connection. Now we are not making any judgments about if, whether you do that in marriage or 
outside of marriage or very casually or only take that very seriously. You know, that's a personal decision for you to make. But um, yeah, like the fact that it needs to be something that creates connection between two people, that can mean so many things. And it's such Mm a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? it's really dynamic when you think about it, like connection can mean so many things to so many people. And and it, it's, I think the important part is the process of digging into yourself and seeing what that means for you. Gosh, I love this because this just shows the nuance of hearing certain words and then like those stories bubbling up. And mm. you need to revisit what are those stories doing in my body? What, what's happening in there? And then mm-hmm. having more conversation and realizing, oh, there's a lot more similarity of thought than I initially thought because mm-hmm. I felt triggered. So mm-hmm. I think this readdressing is so, so helpful in these conversations. So yes. if you're listening and there's any other things that you've heard in this podcast, any other wording, um, any other terms that we've used that have felt kind of icky, triggering, like off, just you have a question about them, we really want to encourage you to email us at team at nottonight.org. And we would love your comments and feedback because we, like we've said, we are always learning. And Mm -hmm. it's really important to us that we hear you and that we have these conversations. Even if you're like, quote unquote, just a listener, you're not a guest on the podcast, we still Mm -hmm. want to hear from you. You Mm -hmm. matter to us. And so it helps us grow as hosts and as interviewers um, and as safe people. So please, please give us your feedback. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. And just in case there was any unclarity, we are pro-masturbation or self-exploration or whatever yes. you want to do. You know, there, there, we do not have, again, this is, this is our desires for women or anyone to, to seek inside of themselves what, what feels truly good to them. Um, yes. And yes, we, we hope to have more conversations in the future on this topic because it's a layered one, self-exploration. Yes. It's very layered and very triggering for a lot of people. So um, yes. more to come on that in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. It is a theme that keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. I feel like everyone we've talked to has a story about self-exploration or masturbation, however you want to phrase it, um, Mm -hmm. and the feelings that come from the history there. And so, yes, something we definitely want to readdress in the future Mm -hmm. at length. So, okay. So we wanted to take a moment to talk a little about a couple of things. Um, First, we wanted to talk about what doing the work is, because we talk about this in our outro of the podcast, like doing the work in your sex life. What does that even mean? Some of you have not thought about that, considered it, spent a lot of time in it. So it may feel foreign to you. And so we'd love to talk a little about what that is. So Caitlin, how about you start us off? Hmm. Defining doing the work is actually difficult though. So I'm just going to kind of give some of my thoughts on what that means. And when we say that, Doing the work, when it's a term that a lot of people are using now, and I think when they say that they're referring to inner work, internal work to dig through all that stuff that's happening inside of you to, for the purpose of learning and growing and healing and moving forward towards the life that you desire. It can, it can mean so many things, so... 
I'm going to borrow a mind rebel phrase. Um, and I think that doing the work is the act of living a deeply examined life. Mm, it is, I love that. It, it's such a good one. <laughs> um, it is just taking a magnifying glass on your story, on your present and your past. I'm, I'm all about reflecting on your past to then live more in the present because I feel like we don't actually live in our present most of the time. We're living out of the stories of our past. And so the better we are familiar with our past, the more present we can be. Mm. And so when when we do the work, that is, to me, looking at our past. It is reflecting. It is, it's not navel gazing. It is being a scientist, being an observer of what has happened and doing our best to see it neutrally and without the shame that we may have used to feel or the anger or the hurt. It's, it's, mm. it's seeing it and taking a healthy step back from it to observe it and then move our way through it. And, and, mm. and there's so many ways that we can do that. Like you said, it, it can honestly, like doing the work can involve like taking a bath by yourself. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much that goes into that process of taking the time for yourself, deciding that you're worth it. Like there's all these stories that go into choosing to turn that tub on. It's not just the act of turning the tub on. It's it's why and it's saying yes to it. And it's the mm-hmm. same as when we show up in our sexual experiences. What are the stories that we're carrying when we show up in the bedroom? What are the stories that we're carrying when we say yes to our own desire? What are the stories that we're carrying when we say yes because our husband wants that or partner? Mm. And so doing the work is examining those stories, I believe, Mm -hmm. and noticing them. Mm. And sometimes that means reading a book and discovering our stories through the lens of another author's perspective or hearing a podcast and something triggers a a memory or a story that we've forgotten about. Sometimes it means just like taking a nap and fighting Mm -hmm. through any of that guilt that, that we carry when we lay down on our bed in the middle of the day. Mm -hmm. There's just a lot of ways you can do it. Yeah. There are so many ways to do the work. Is anything kind of a simple way to put it is getting your needs met. And what does that Mm -hmm. mean? And like, your needs in not not your kids not your partners not anybody else's but your and, and the the word you use that i think is really important is noticing it's actually living a life where you notice what's happening you're not living on autopilot you know when you're in burnout it's very hard to do this because it's you know if you're just surviving how can you have time to like notice and be intentional with your life but it's it's so important and you can you can do it so gently you can start with you know one degree turns and just ask yourself what do i need here and i think an important piece of doing the work because um i i want to mention here is the listening to your body is just Mm -hmm. essential in sex this is a the perfect example, actually, to think about this concept of listening to our body. When we listen um, to the actual sensations, like your body tells you, 
do I want this or do I know your body has either like a, a, a repulsion and that's an extreme word from it, but like a, a moving away from mm-hmm. um, something or a moving towards it. So noticing those things and saying, what's underneath this? Why am I, um, why am I feeling this way? An example that I can give from my own life, um, not anymore, but before I did the work in my own sex life, um, my husband's touch, and I'm not even talking about in a sexual circumstance, became very layered over the years because, you know, I was kind of touched out from kids and I didn't know if he even put his hand on my back, like when we were in the kitchen, my body would kind of tense up, like, what, does that mean something? Does he want something from me? Is this going to lead to something later that I may or may not want to do? Does this feel like pressure? It just, so the work was noticing, I can't even, you know, when my husband touches me, I don't feel good. That that was a really hard noticing. It's a simple act, but a hard thing to, to admit to myself. Part of doing the work is admitting your inner truth to yourself. That's a really hard part of doing the work. Some of it is like, let's take a bath and self-care and those things. But a lot of it is also saying my truth is that when my husband touches my back, it doesn't feel good in my body. So I need to look at this and do something about it because that's not what I desire for my life. I want to have a connection in a relationship where I feel so good when my husband touches my back, you know, and now I do doing the work for us. It looks like we got coaching um, to help us with our sex life. We got, we both did individual therapy and um, couples therapy. Um, We both started taking time. I needed it. I went back to work because I was um, a stay-at-home mom for about 10 years, and I was really feeling that longing and desire to get back out in there and into the world and and do that again. And and all these things that are, like, fulfilling me. What are my longings? What are my needs? What are my desires? And listening to our inner truth about them, and then walking the path to a life where you actually feel good inside. Yeah. Mm. You're describing how holistic it is. And how, but how sex is so closely connected to all of it. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, absolutely. Because that is, that's something we're really passionate about here. It's something we believe in is that sex is connected to that holistic work. Because mm. um, it's such a perfect place to practice it. Um, mm. But it also bleeds out into other things too. So. Yes, I have to share a comment that a friend of mine that I was talking um, on Boxer with a couple of days ago she commented to me because um, we were having a uh, this this podcast has brought about so many good conversations with people, and we were talking about sexuality and her journey and my journey. And you know, people like to tell me all the time that I'm so passionate. I have so much passion, and I do. I am a very passionate person. But she said she commented. She's like, I can also tell that now you have a passion in your sex life. And I don't think those two things are disconnected. Like it's, it's this energy and this drive of just being alive, you know, like more good feelings in your body and, and, and digging through the hard ones so that we can get to this place of safety and comfort and connection and all those things. And yeah, when, when one part of your life is so misaligned, it does impact the rest. And, and, and when, 
it's going, one part of your life is going really well, it impacts the rest. So it, it's so layered. So this is not a, a simple conversation, you know, but right. I think it's right. so important. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I wanted to circle back a little bit on the story you told about your husband's touch, like on your back and how doing the work for you was recognizing that there was a story in there, mm -hmm. but also that that story had a lot to do with safety for you. Mm. A lot of our guests have talked about safety on this podcast. And yes. um, as I think our listeners can understand, they're not just talking about like a physical, logistical abuse related safety. It's so much more nuanced than that. Mm -hmm. And can you describe a little bit about how that touch from your husband felt unsafe to you? Mm, yes. And interestingly enough, a few years ago, I wouldn't have identified as unsafe. The first time that I that this concept of safety came to me was in the Wanting It More program where I met you with Janet Denton House, and she introduced this to me. But since I've been introduced to this concept of safety, my gosh, I see it in like every corner of my, my life, my sex life and my regular life. Um, I am not that those are two different things. They're, they're intertwined. Safety. It's a feeling in your body more than a thought because I've never felt in my mind unsafe around my husband. It, I've always mentally adored my husband. My husband is incredible. He's just smart and kind and funny and all those things. But my body still felt unsafe. And I, it was confusing for a long time. It was like, you know, I'm attracted to him. I desire to be close to him. He's my best friend. What the heck is going on here? Um, but... I didn't realize that there was a mismatch between what was happening inside my body and what was happening inside my brain. Yeah. And again, doing the work is about exploring this because this happens in so many areas of our life, disconnect in our brain and our body. But again, talking specifically about sex, it was a, it was a, a pull away. My, my central nervous system, the central nervous system actually keeps us it's like it, it directs us. Does this feel safe to you? That That's our safety me mechanism inside of us. And, and literally thousands of years ago, we would have that mechanism because we might have been being chased by animals or prey or whatever in our body. It's an adrenaline. It's a, a tensing because, you know, you need you you are unsafe. You're physically unsafe. And that's a, a reaction in our human bodies that um, was adaptive to keep us safe. But we're not in those types of circumstances anymore. Um, you know, we don't, we're not going to get eaten by wild animals most of the time and stuff like that, but our bodies still respond to things and it's layered when it comes to sexuality and our and partnership and touch, because, um, first of all, there's, there's trauma and, and if you're a woman and I, that exists in this world, I would think it's pretty safe to say you've been experiencing some sort of trauma through sexuality, whether it's just stuff you've heard, stuff you've experienced firsthand. Um, also, it, it can, it's generational. Um, we, and, and trauma can be, is, is passed down. So sometimes we feel things in our bodies like unsafety due to circumstances that our ancestors have experienced, but still some of those things come up and we still feel them in our body. So 
the way to move through that is listening again to the body. When when we feel those that that central nervous system to say, I don't like this, it's noticing and being like, okay, what's going on here? What conversation do I need to have? Because some something's making me feel unsafe. And um, gosh, that, that is a lot of hard conversations sometimes with your partner because they may take it the wrong way. My husband did. He was like, clearly you don't love me or aren't attracted to me or whatever the story is he's telling himself. And we had to do so much work in our relationship of him working through those stories in my source. And it's just being truthful, I think, right. is what it comes down to. Telling my truth of what's happening inside my body and him telling his truth of how that makes him feel so that we can reassure each other and lift each other up and go through this process together. Because it's hard doing the work in your sex life. And that's why we always say, like, if you can do the, the work in your sex life, dang, the rest of it's a breeze because so much vulnerability is necessary in yes. this arena. Yes. And, okay, so something that I'm I'm hearing is that you're talking about how you're feeling these unsafe feelings, but then, but you're like, but I love my husband and all these things. Okay. Like this doesn't make sense. This is, this is a concept called ambivalence that I think mm. is really important for us to address here is that when our brain is saying one thing and our body is saying the opposite, our natural inclination is to pick one and decide that that's the truth. But what we're learning is to hold both of them and to find a way to honor both of them. Mm, yeah. Because your brain is saying, this is not an unsafe person. Look at all the ways that he's been safe before. He's safe in our fin finances. He's safe with our children. He's safe, blah, blah, whatever. I can depend on him. But my body is saying, unsafe, 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 unsafe. Mm -hmm. And so typically, what we have both seen is that women pick their brain. And they say, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to go with he's safe. And so my body does not get a say here because mm -hmm. it's crazy. Mm -hmm. But then they keep feeling crazy over and over again mm -hmm. because yeah. they still feel both. And mm -hmm. what we are challenging ourselves to, as well as those who want to do the work, is to give that space for both of those things to be true and figure out what both of those things need to move forward. Mm -hmm. And to honor the unsafe feelings and not say that we're crazy for having them, but that mm -hmm. those body feelings need something and figure out like, what's a way that we can honor those unsafe feelings. Mm. And it's also hard for our husbands to receive that because they're going to mm -hmm. also go, but what about all the ways in which I am safe? And it's like, that's mm -hmm. still true. It's still true. <laughs> mm -hmm. But like, I need to honor this other part of me. Mm. So Yes. This is like a whole out. That could be an hour long episode. I so know. We, won't we go could go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I could share a story about safety if that would be helpful. Cause I have an experience in my past that's, that's different than your story. Yeah. Why don't you give another example? The hand on the back is just one of infinite examples yeah. that could come up of how we can experience safety in our body. So why don't you just for a little more clarity, why don't you share your story? In my story, I felt like before I really did this work, um, I, I did not feel like I could be genuinely myself outside of the sexual experience with my husband in certain ways. Um, and that showed up in me wanting to be affectionate with him. And then I was told that that was not 
a comfortable thing for him unless sex was then going to happen. So any sort of physical advance, any sort of affection had to be linked to a future sexual event Mm. for it to be okay. Mm -hmm. And like in that, I felt like then I, I didn't know how to show up outside of the sexual experience as someone who loved her husband. So it was almost like there was an unsafety on both sides, but I'll Mm. speak to my side because that's my own experience. My lack of safety was, I don't feel safe to be me or to like fully be engaged in this relationship unless I'm in like sexy mode. And Mm -hmm. so there was a big disconnect between like my sexy self and then the rest of me. Mm. And so when I was in the bedroom, it was like, now I'm this person. And then outside of that, I'm somebody, I'm the rest of me. And so there was this big divide and that didn't feel super safe because I couldn't show up genuinely, I think in either environment, I couldn't show up genuinely outside of the bedroom and I couldn't show up genuinely in it either. And so through doing the work, I was able to unite those parts of myself better. And it's not, you know, perfect all the time, but I do feel a sense where I can show up as a sexual human being to my everyday experiences, Mm. which might sound a little bizarre, but because you would think like, how, how do I exercise being a sexual being at the grocery store? Like it's just acknowledging that I never escape that part of myself because I'm always that part of myself. Mm. I just show up differently in different environments based on, you know, what, how I'm engaging in those environments. Mm. So, so now I feel like I can show up as my sexual self with my husband always without fear. Mm. So give us an example of like what that looks like when you're showing up like that in in outside of the bedroom. Like, um, I can give my husband like a really like long drawn out kiss in the middle of a work day. Mm-hmm. He works from home. It's really awesome. I can just go down and give, <laughs> give him a kiss whenever I want. I mean, you know, obviously I want him to want that as well. But <laughs> the idea is that I can engage with him in the middle of the day, even if we're not at all anywhere able to engage with each other in a more intentionally sexual way. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the way I want to put it, but those are the words I used. So um, (laughs) in the Uh evening. um, So both of us can feel free to like experience a little bit of arousal or desire Mm -hmm. without this desperate need to fulfill an orgasm. Mm. So you're safe to experience connection, sexual connection with your husband and other parts of your life outside the bedroom. And just, I mean, isn't that just flirting? Like, don't we love that? Like we, we love doing that with people. Um, and to be able to like bring that into our marriage and, or just long-term relationship where often those things go by the wayside. And I do think it's, it's again, layered, but like safety is a component of that, a safety to be, yourself, your safety to have intimacy between the two of you, like in your everyday life, like it's a lot. Yeah. And it's hard to maintain over time and it it dips and it it goes up and it, it's not a straight line, you know? Absolutely. And it takes effort to keep that going 
over the long period of time, like, and to be intentional about it. Yes. And I think that's, that calls back to me. One of the reasons why we're doing this is because it is a challenge to maintain that kind of, that element of our relationships as, as we age, as we grow together longer, as we are in the same partnership with the same Mm -hmm. human for a long time is it is complex and it's nuanced Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's not easy in the sense that our, our hormones aren't going all wonky, crazy, excited all the time. Mm -hmm. And so there's a depth in the longevity of a relationship that takes some effort to Mm -hmm. work on, to see, to notice. Mm -hmm. And when I say effort, I don't say that as a negative thing. It's just a neutral concept. It's just, it's effort. Mm -hmm. I don't like using the word work because that implies negativity. So (laughs) use the word effort instead. (laughs) So yes, that, that's um, kind of where we've been. That's kind of what we've been stewing on as, Mm -hmm. as a team. And um, so let's talk a little about what's coming up for Mm. us, for this project, for a future. Um, I want to start by saying that something we haven't really mentioned on this podcast yet is that not tonight, the project, the podcast, it is under the umbrella of a larger organization, which Caitlin runs. Mm -hmm. She's the CEO of Collective Rise Ventures which is an organization that empowers women, sponsors and funds and supports projects that are all about the furthering of women's growth, empowerment, progress, all the things. And so Not Tonight is one of those projects. Mm -hmm. And so I'd love to hear a little about how the relationship between Collective Rise and Not Tonight is, and then, you know, what that means for our project, what that means for Collective Rise, all of Mm, yes. So, and we invest in women to put it, you know, simply, um, and we do different projects and the not tonight project was our very first project. And, um, eventually we'd like to have multiple podcasts or other forms of media, but you have to, you know, we're just starting, we're a startup company right now. Um, and, this project, the Not Tonight Project, and this podcast has been such a gift in just learning, learning how to get something off the ground. What what types of projects do we want to invest in? And I I know there there is going to be wings of the company or departments or whatever. You know, it's all still in development, but there is a production element to Collective Rise Ventures that um, this podcast is really paving the way for. I think. Um, Gosh, I know, I know we keep talking about the learning, but um, we are doing it for the intention of empowering women, right? Because we want to take all that stuff that's in the darkness and the shadows and, and bring it into the light. And sex is one of those. Sex is, is, yes. has so many shadows on it that it's hard to see yes. sometimes. <laughs> but um, when women share their stories and bring stuff into the light that was in the darkness, so much magic happens. And I've seen this time and time again. And so that's why my desire to start this production company, um, where that came about, because I know that there's power in sharing women's stories. And yeah, it's the way that we're going. Collective Rise 
it, it's the belief that at the foundation of it, collective rise is the belief that um, when one of us is empowered, we all benefit. You know, we mm-hmm. how we all rise is by doing our inner work, doing you know the work in our own life, so that we can become the best version of ourselves, so that we can achieve our own potential. Because what women do when they you know are in alignment and in in their potential is they lift others. That's just like a natural thing that women do. So like mm-hmm. Collective Rise Ventures, we're trying to get us all to rise up um, collectively. But we believe that one of the very best ways we can do that is by lifting women. So yeah. and that's that's the work we're doing. I love that. I love that. And I love being a part of it. I'm so, so grateful. Oh my gosh. Rachel is such a gift to Collective Rise Ventures. She's technically supposed to be an employee on just the Not Tonight project. And I keep stealing her (laughs) to be like, come help me with this part because her brain is beautiful and amazing. And she's such a gift to to both Collective Rise Ventures and the Not Tonight project. Oh, well, thank you. Oh, man. It's been so wonderful so far. I can't wait to see what's next. So how about you share a little bit with us what's coming up for Collective Rise? Because I believe that what Collective Rise is doing is all stuff that our audience of the Not Tonight Project will love to hear about because these are such related things. And Mm. this, and because as we all know, Caitlin loves doing the work. And so <laughs> not tonight is about doing the work and collective rise is about doing the work. And so mm-hmm. these are deeply, deeply intertwined things. So please share with us what's coming up next. Yes. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about our next venture. And that is a course that is called into the arena. It is, um, Let's see. I'll get my notes out so I can share with you. Um, It's a five-month course, a five-month transformational journey that takes you to a life that makes you feel fully alive. We are going to take women, and so the name Into the Arena, maybe I'll I'll explain what Into the Arena means in case anybody um, isn't clear. Um, There is a Teddy Roosevelt quote where he talked about being into the arena. Brene Brown talks about this a lot. It's a really famous quote, Um, but it's essentially the the gist of the quote is a life in the arena is one where you take risks, that you're out there, that, and he uses the analogy of, um, I don't know if they're boxers or fighters back then, you know, and, and they were, they were actually in a physical arena fighting and he says the credit doesn't go to the, all these people that are just judging them and, you know, oh, you might lose and stuff. But the credit goes to the people that are in the arena doing the hard work, getting their butt kicked. Like, mm-hmm. and I think the Coco, it says you're covered in dust and all this stuff. And you're just, it's hard, but they are, they're making a difference. They're stepping up and they're being afraid and they're, they're doing it anyways. They're stepping into their life. So... Mm-hmm. Into the arena, the course is a journey of taking women to step into the life that they were, I believe, born to live, to, to get in alignment with that purpose, to, to take fear and learn to walk with it, to um, dig inside yourself and, and, and discover your own limiting beliefs, your own, the, the things that are keeping you from moving forward and pursuing your own dreams, whatever they may be. Um, 
And yeah, I, I kind of like to think of it as a coming home to yourself um, in this process, because again, it, we're, we have a, a team of Mind Rebel certified coaches that are going to be serving the women that are in this cohort that's going to start on January 23rd. Um, again, it's a five-month program, um, but you, we are just going to take the women in this program and and serve them and love on them and gently guide you inside of yourself and, um, and, and, and learn, yeah, learn to do the work and, and learn to walk the path. Cause that's what, when we, when we talk about doing the work, there's often this path analogy because it's not like there's some destination that, you know, at, at, at the end of five months, you're going to be exactly in this place. That's not how it works. But what we do teach in the course is how you, the process, and we have so many great things planned. I'm just so excited about it. We have um, teachings and tools and like a tool bag that you can take with you after the course so you can continue to do the work for the rest of your life. Um, The work of, as Rachel said before, living a deeply examined life. Because when women do this, oh, so much good happens. I'm just, this is where I get my fiery passion comes up because... (laughs) When women are aligned with their authentic truth, with their authentic self, once they start like living the path of listening to their body and trusting their, their own intuition and wisdom and letting that guide their life, magic happens. And I've seen it time and time again. Um, And this is the first time we're offering this program in this format. So the people that join in January get to be part of this very first cohort. We're so excited um, to take women through this journey. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, do you have any questions that I should share? It's going to be an incredible journey. I cannot wait to watch from the sidelines and see how this all blooms and the transformation you all experience. Because I know this is not only going to be transformational for those who join, but also mm-hmm. for you as coaches Mm-hmm. And it's going to be transformational for everyone. And so it's going to be just a thrilling experience. And mm. so we don't need to get in too much of the nitty gritty, but you mentioned that this is there's going to be a group of women and it's five mm-hmm. months um, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of tools. Like, is this a pre-recorded sort of thing? Is this live? Like, how mm. how does this happen? Yes. Great questions. For those that decide to join, um, they'll be placed in a circle that we're going to do smaller circles of women um, that um, you will get together with on a weekly basis over Zoom. um, And you, you just process. Well, there will be a teaching every week. So there will be a lesson and then there will be the group circle. And that is, and and the teachings are also going to be live this round for sure. They may not be live in the future. So that's a perk of getting in right now because you can get the really immersive live classes. Um, And then you get this group of women who I know by the end of that, the five month journey together, I've been in these women's circles before and I just, the power of women coming together in a room and sharing what's going on inside of them and what they're walking through. And it's, it's so powerful. So I can't wait for our team of coaches to be able to hold space um, for um, uh, the women, um, this is going to be a, a program for women or women identifying people only for the time being. Um, maybe someday we'll be able to serve 
um, males, but not right now. Um, and yeah, together it's, it's going to be a beautiful journey inside. It's a collective journey, but the journey is your own to go inside of yourself. You will go on your own inward journey to really dig in, understand who you truly are at the core and what makes you feel alive, what makes you feel passionate, what makes you, you know, just have energy in your body. That's a a big thing we talk about is energy because all the women I see, everybody's so burnt out. It's so sad because I'm like, um, I, it's, it's just women, the potential inside women. I could go on about it forever, but like once we, learn to manage our energy a little bit better so that we're not just flopping onto the bed. I mean, who has time? Who has the time and energy? You know, people think, oh, doing the work and achieving my potential. Like, I'm just trying to, like, brush my hair. You know, that's how a lot of times we are. But th- that's where we start. And that's that's why it is, like, a five-month intensive, I will say, intensive journey to a radical transformation. And we are looking for women that are ready to create radical change in their life. This program is not for people that are kind of wishy-washy or just like, I don't know, maybe like this is for any listener that this may be resonating with. This is for people that are like, full on like, yes, I'm ready. I'm ready to get in the arena. I am ready to get onto that next chapter of my life. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. I want to take control. I want, I'm tired of letting fear dictate my actions and I'm ready to, to, yeah, get on with, with my longings, my, my yearnings, my dreams. And the most exciting part to me as a coach is when you live this way, so many ripple effects are created in the world. And I, I've experienced it so much. And the people around me have experienced because your ripple effects goes out to your family. And it impacts mm-hmm. your marriage. It impacts your, your kids. It impacts. And I, I, I truly believe that the impact that you can make by doing the, the inner work that we've been talking about about this episode can transform your family for generations to come because this is what we're healing here. We're going in and we're stopping the cycle of just the same thing. Women serving others, giving away all of themselves to other people. This is a women's empowerment program at the core. We're creating women who are living their life fully and authentically. And I'm just, I'm so excited for it. Mm. Gosh, like everything about that sounds amazing. Mm. And I cannot wait to see who joins you because I think that it's going to be a powerhouse group of women Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a lot of change, a lot of ripple effects from, from even just engaging as a group. I've done group coaching and individual coaching in my own personal life. And I'll say that there are benefits of both, but there's Mm -hmm. something about group coaching where not only do you get to have your own experience, but watching other people have their own transformation that's a similar path to you in a similar time frame, there's some sort of like momentum in that that doesn't get replicated in the same way as individual coaching. And so I am thrilled that you chose to go a group coaching route in this course. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I am excited for 
everyone who's a part of that. It's just going to be incredible. So thank you so much for sharing. So how can you learn more? How could somebody learn more if they are excited about this and want all of Yes. Um, You can learn more on our website. Go to www.collective-rise.com slash into the arena. And I'm sure we'll link it underneath the podcast episode. Um, But again, collective-rise.com slash into the arena. And all of the program details will be on there. Wonderful. Oh, my goodness. It's going to be amazing. Um, Awesome. Okay. So we could do this a lot more, but we're going to get back into listening to other women next week. And um, Mm -hmm. we have five more stories to share with you and are so excited to see the conversations that come out of those. So um, again, please reach out to us if you have any comments, questions, want to process some things. um, Team at nottonight.org. That's where you can send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. We're just so excited. Yes, I just want to say there's five more episodes in season one. Yes. But there is already talks for season two. Yes. So there, there will be more after this. Yes. Um, five episodes to come. There will be a break and then we're going to, oh, we already have so much exciting things we're talking about for season two. Yes. So excited. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Um, yeah. We will see you on the flip side chat with us on Instagram, come into the community, come hang out, send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. This is an open conversation. So, all right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Not Tonight podcast. If today's story resonated with you, we invite you to continue the conversation by joining our free online community. Go to nottonight.org community to connect with other women just like you. We also greatly appreciate your support by subscribing to future episodes and please leave our podcast a five-star review. Until next time, keep doing the work in your sex life, whatever that looks like for you. 